I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm Patty Teal, and as always, here with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson, and she's with one of her colleagues and one of our favorite guests. I'll let her do the honors. Hi, Patty. So good to be back. And yes, we are welcoming Dayton Aldridge back to Scam Squad today. Dayton is our restitution specialist here in the office, which means that he helps our crime victims file claims to get restitution for expenses that they've incurred as victims of crime. For example, medical expenses, housing costs, unexpected things that come up, maybe counseling. But Dayton used to work with me in our elder abuse program, so he is always on the lookout for good information to share on Scam Squad and let our seniors know what's going on there and what things they need to watch out for. So today, we all know that California is giving away the country's largest pot of vaccine prize money, $106.5 million. This is according to research that Dayton has done. And of course, this is an attempt to get lots more people inoculated before the most populous state fully reopens next month. And so we're hoping this will encourage a lot of people to get their inoculations. But as Dayton pointed out, this is, of course, the latest developing news. And as we know, scammers always follow the headlines. So Dayton, welcome back and tell us, please, what kind of scams can we expect in connection with this big pot of money? Thank you, Vicki, very much. And thank you for having us, Patty. Yes, this is very ripe for abuse because the way that it will work if a person was to win one of these allotments of money is they would simply get a phone call from someone in the governor's office saying, you won a pot full of money. And the problem with that is it's going to be very easy for the scammers to take advantage of that. And for them to place these calls, fooling people and to believe that they won. And the call would probably start by them asking you to verify all of your personal information, like your address, your social security number, your phone number, all the information that they would use to steal your identity. So Vicki and I agree this is a great program that California is doing to get more people inoculated. And that's a good thing. But if anyone receives a call saying you won the California vaccine lottery, what we would um, tell that person to do would say, thank you, hang up the phone, and then call governor, the governor's office directly and say, I just received a call. I'd like to verify if, if I really am a winner or not. But do not just start disclosing all of your personal information to someone who calls you and says you won the California vaccine lottery. So I think that's pretty good advice. And I'm assuming that As this goes on, you're going to get a little bit more information about what the process is. But right now, it looks like it's just a phone call. Yeah. And the other interesting thing about the process is that as someone who has already got the vaccine, I don't remember signing myself up to be put into a database or to be put on this list. And this goes for people who have already got the vaccine and for people who will be getting the vaccine. So it's really all 40 million of us in California are potential victims of getting us this scam call. So again, be cautious, be careful, 
Don't give out personal information over the phone. If they ask you to verify your identity by giving things like your social security number, your Medicare number, those kinds of things, your bank account number, so they can deposit the money directly into your bank account. Be very, very careful. Go to the source, go to the governor's office. Now, when is this starting, this lottery? It's already started, and he gave out the first couple of million dollars last Friday. Oh, my big, goodness. Big press event. So this is happening currently, and there will be more money given out this week. Yeah. Very, very timely um, piece of advice, and I thought it was important that they can talk about it today. So, yes. It is ripe for fraud, though, isn't it? You could just see, and they might say, well, if you... Don't give the information. We'll just move on to the next person. I can see them doing all sorts of awful things. You know, it's interesting you say that, Patty, because in the rules for the competition, one of the rules does say if they try to reach you a certain number of times and cannot, then they will move on to the next person. Oh. So this is unfortunately ripe for abuse, even in the, the procedures of the program itself. This is, this is going to be a big one. Oh, shoot. But good, good idea. And I'm so happy for the people that win. But I, yeah. I'm so sorry that we live in a society where it becomes a scammable yeah. <laughs> event. Scammable yeah. event. Too bad. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the next thing that Dayton talked to me about, and this is also uh, time sensitive, so we wanted to get the word out today is something called Amazon Sidewalk. Now, I have no idea what this is. I've never heard of it. Dayton brought it to my attention. So Dayton, could you tell us, please, what is Amazon Sidewalk? Yes. And what do we need to be careful of? Yeah, so Amazon being the company that sells us everything online and stores a lot of our data, that, it's that Amazon that we're talking about. A lot of us, myself included, and certainly a lot of people in my life have these Internet of Things devices, such as an Amazon Echo or an Amazon Notebook or an Amazon Kindle or any of these Amazon products. Also in that suite of products is any of our Ring devices, like our Ring security cameras and our Ring doorbell cameras. Anything that is an Amazon-enabled device. On June 8th, which is tomorrow, Amazon is going to be kicking off this new thing called Amazon Sidewalk. And unfortunately, this is an auto opt-in feature, which means if you have an Amazon account and if you have one of these devices like an Echo, you will be automatically opted in to Amazon Sidewalk. When Amazon Sidewalk goes live on June 8th, what it will be doing is sharing a portion of your Wi-Fi, of your internet bandwidth with your neighborhood. How expansive is that neighborhood? Well, they're claiming that they would push it out at least to the sidewalk outside your house. Meaning that if someone was walking their dog on your sidewalk, maybe their internet connection from their carrier was poor, they'd be able to tap into your Wi-Fi and use a little portion of your bandwidth. Now, this is also ripe for security concerns because we're not exactly sure just how safe this would be. Generally, you know, we encourage people to hide their Wi-Fi signal or at least make sure you have a strong password on your, your Wi-Fi signal at home. This would be kind of publishing your Wi-Fi network to everyone, anyone who can simply go on their phone or computer and see who's enrolled in this Amazon Sidewalk program. If they're able to see that you're in this Amazon Sidewalk program, they can see all the devices that are in your house. 
So if you have an Amazon-enabled light bulb or an Amazon-enabled security camera, someone could now see that you have these devices in your house. And unfortunately, it could get you know much worse from there. If they know you have a Nest security camera or a Ring security camera in your home, well, then they can try to target you to try to maybe break into that signal so they can see your security footage. The bottom line is, unless you are very comfortable sharing your Wi-Fi signal, sharing the connection, the broadband connection that you are paying for every month, unless you're comfortable with sharing that with anyone and everyone who's in within a certain amount of distance of your home, you should go on to your settings and opt out of this. And there's a very simple way to opt out of it on your Alexa app, on your phone, you go to more and then settings, account settings, Amazon sidewalk, and then disable. If you do not do this before tomorrow, everyone with an Amazon account will be automatically enrolled. So, you know, what I'm missing about this is what is the product? What is the benefit of being a part of the sidewalk? That wherever you were, you would always have internet connection. There'd be no dead zones. Oh, it seems to me that most people have passwords on their internet these days. It didn't used to be the case. I remember going out to a friend's beach house and she's like, well, I never buy internet. I just, you know, go on to my neighbors. But (laughs) these days, almost everybody has their own and has a password, don't they? Yeah. And that we're talking about our Wi-Fi and our router security Mm -hmm. of, yes, you in today's day and age, you must have a secure password on your Wi-Fi router. When I say secure, I mean not the one that it came with in the box that has the sticker on it with Mm -hmm. your password. Because Patty, those are public. So say Netgear, Linksys, they have a set number of passwords that they send out with the product that are the products already uses. Those Mm -hmm. passwords are public. Oh, they are. I didn't know that. So that sticker on the back with the long string of numbers, people can find that? People can find that. So when you get a new Wi-Fi router, you have to change your password. Absolutely. Obviously, for security, protecting yourself in 2021, you know, there are plenty of stories that happen locally over California, over the nation of people logging on to unsecure Wi-Fi connections to commit crime. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if I see stuff X, Y, and Z, you know, person doesn't have a secure Wi-Fi connection, well, then I'm going to park my car outside of their house and do all of my illegal and nefarious web activity on their Wi-Fi using their IP address, which means if law enforcement were ever to look into this matter, that person who has an unsecure Wi-Fi network might get a very uncomfortable knock on the door from law enforcement saying, you know, your internet access has been used to commit a crime. Did you know that, Vicky, that that long string of numbers on the back of your router, it was something that you could get publicly? I didn't know. I had no idea there was a long string of numbers. And I don't know what my router is. Well, it happens when my internet goes down, you know, which happens here and there, you know, you call and they ask for those. And of course, you can't see it. So you have to take a picture or a magnifying glass. They're quite small, but I didn't know that anyone but the person who had the box could find those numbers. Yeah. Yes. And also, you know, just for any of us who might have an individual in our house, like a service person, you know, it's well known, certainly anyone in my generation, that that sticker is on the back of the router, that that sticker's there. And if I'm in your home, for Mm -hmm. whatever reason, I can 
easily snag your Wi-Fi password. Right. And snap a picture of it and take it with you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then do a lot of damage to you from afar. Wow. I had no idea. Dayton, you've got to keep us up to date about these things. <laughs> I try. Whenever I find anything, I send it to Vicky. Yeah. Th- this is really well, great and big news to me. Mm-hmm. Big news to me, too. Yeah. For the end of the show, Dayton actually has the good news for us today. Dayton, sometime I think in the last week, got a phone call from a senior named Susan who had a good news story. So Dayton, tell us all about Susan's story. Yeah, so Susan had recently moved to Santa Barbara from another state on the East Coast. and She'd only been here about three weeks. After being here three weeks, signing up for a local internet service provider, getting her computer all set up locally in Santa Barbara, she got a basically a pop-up on her computer saying, call this number, your computer has been compromised. So she called the number and ended up spending about a half an hour giving this person all of her information, access to her computer, and then also ended up writing this person a $500 check for fixing her tech problem. So this is the email that our victim got from the tech support scammers when they were trying to induce her slash scare her and threaten her into paying them for the services that they rendered. Great thing about this email is it points out all the commonalities that we always talk about, poor grammar, poor formatting, using bold, using colorful highlighting, talking in a threatening tone, talking like there's a time frame that's at stake. So this was just a great example of what a threatening email from a tech scammer looks like. Right. And look how the grammar is a little off. I request you to revert this email. So yes, yes, you can kind of get those clues. Yeah. And you and I reading this, understanding what this is, we can immediately recognize those things and say, this is fishy. This just doesn't seem right. But if you are a person who you have a small business and all of your business information, your entire life is on this one device, and now you're getting an email saying it's compromised and you need to do X, Y, and Z to get that back, you might easily skip right over those misspellings and poor grammar and um, fall right into uh, this. Of track. course, it's really easy for me to see it after the fact, after the fact <laughs> knowing yeah. it's a scam. Right. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Yes. But thankfully, the story doesn't end here. Thankfully, the woman paid the money. And then later that day, she was she met a local friend in Santa Barbara, and she told them this story. And this was another senior who I'm going to say had listened to one of our presentations in the past and immediately caught on that this was the tech support scam. And she told the woman to call your bank, cancel the check, which she did. The bank was able to cancel the check, so she did not lose any money. But it's a really good thing that she called me because she called me. I was able to tell her, that's great news that you didn't lose any money, but we're not entirely out of the woods. Because you spent this much time dealing with this person and you've turned over access of your computer to this scammer, that device is no longer safe for you to use until it's been thoroughly cleaned. What we recommend to people when they fall into this situation, if it's a Mac, You've got to make an appointment and take it to the Apple store and ask them to help you. If it's anything other than a Mac, then the big box store in Santa Barbara that you can trust is the Geek Squad at Best Buy. 
call, make an appointment with the Geek Squad at Best Buy, say you need help, describe your problem. Anything outside of that, unfortunately, going onto Craigslist and finding tech support help, going onto Facebook and finding tech support help is right to get you into even more hot water because the people that you find on those sites quite often are not trustworthy people. And they will see you coming to them as someone who's vulnerable, who's already fallen for this scam once, and they will immediately take advantage of you again. So that's why we say the big box stores who don't have an interest in that, they just want to help you get your machine back in good working order. The problem for someone like her was that she was using her computer to do all of her online banking and all of her online payments for everything. Once you started talking to one of these tech support scammers and you turn your computer over to them so they can help you, now they have access to your whole machine and they can very easily install malware and things like keystroke loggers, which essentially means they can see a carbon copy of everything you do on that computer and every username and password that you type into that computer. And because this was the device that Susan used to do her online banking, I said, you have to go get this machine cleaned before you continue online banking. And she did that. And now she's safe and good to go. And I was glad that her friend had heard about the tech support scam and was able to tell her that it was a scam. Mm-hmm. Any pop-ups, text messages, phone calls, unsolicited tech support is always right. a scam. Right. And this scam has been around for a while. I knew somebody who fell for it maybe seven years ago. He was the executive director of an organization. So it's very scary. Sometimes on your computer, it looks like it's just going all haywire and you're so eager to have somebody who's going to save you. And fortunately, the scammer is not that person. It's so. one of our classics. It's like the grandparent scam that's been around for a long time. And unfortunately, people are still falling for it. But I love that story. Um, I do, too. That has a happy ending. Yes. So uh, we really thank want to thank uh, Dayton yes. for sharing that with thank us. Thank you, also. Dayton. And keep us older generation up on these things like stickers on the back of our routers, because I never even thought that anybody would be stealing that. So that's yeah. great advice. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Lucky to are... work with Dayton. And so are all the people that need restitution. That's great. Yeah, it is. Okay. And we'll have him back. I'm sure he's got other, other stories to tell. So Good. All uh, right. we really want to thank him for taking time out of this busy day and, and helping us. Thank you. Listen, and Vicki, thank you. Would you give the fraud hotline number if anyone needs to report a scam or get advice from you? I will. It's area code 805-568-2442. And I'll repeat that. 805-568-2442. Four, four, two. Thanks so much. Until next week. Bye-bye. Bye, Patty. Thank you. Thank you.